0: Oh and welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and today we have a special guest coming to us all the way from London, right? From the UK, yes. (laughs) From the UK. Her name is Emmy Estacio, and she is a best-selling author and a psychologist, and we are so excited to hear from you today, Emmy. First of all, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family?
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Monica. I really appreciate you taking the time to to have me on your show Um, as you've mentioned I'm actually a psychologist and I'm a mom of a, an adorable little boy we call ourself, uh, our, ourselves ourselves an international family I'm originally from the Philippines my husband is Greek we met in London you know and we basically hit off uh, as soon as we met and now we're married have a kid and you know we have this one little happy family we just love spending a lot of time together going out on walks eating pita with hummus you know that kind of stuff so yeah it's it's, it's it's great. That's
0: awesome. I love it. So tell us where you are in the world right now and what time it is. Because right when we're talking in Idaho, it's 1130, but it's a different time there, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's 30 in the evening. I mean, I'm actually alone at home right now because my husband took my son to the Greek school. Cool. So they have evening classes at night um, where my son could learn Greek. So yeah, so it's, it's actually great timing. But I'm based in the UK. I'm actually not in London. I met my husband in London, but I'm based at Keele in Staffordshire. It's in the middle of the UK. Very good. Very good. Tell us a little bit
0: about your background in schooling as it pertains to what you do now.
1: Oh, right. Well, my background is in psychology and the truth is I actually took psychology as a pre-med course. I initially wanted to be a doctor, but I enjoyed psychology so much that I decided to pursue it uh, at post-grad level. So I went to London I did my master's in health psychology and I loved it so much. I I continued to pursue it and did a PhD in community health psychology. Ended up doing a lot of health promotion work, you know, community-based health promotion. I became a lecturer in psychology. But as a lecturer, it sort of made me feel as if the four walls of the university is not enough. You know, it feels a little bit constrained and I felt like I could do so much more and and have so much more impact if I try to apply what I know in psychology psychology beyond the university, So that's what I'm doing now. I'm writing books. i using psychology to help people overcome their limiting beliefs, you know, to overcome fear, overcome self-doubt. So they'll be able to embrace what they really want to do in life and do it with confidence and with grace. I love
0: that. I love that. So you're a best-selling author and the founder of the PAME Code. Can you I tell us right. what that is?
1: Well, it's actually PAME. And, you know, I keep saying, you know, my husband's Greek there. And I actually, do absorb quite a lot of Greek in my system right now. And Pame is a Greek word that means let's go together. You know, I hear my husband, Pame, Pame. It it just means let's go together. And what that reminds me is that in in our life, we can actually go together. And it's more fun when we go together. You don't have to carry your burden on your own. You don't have to celebrate your joys on your own. You can share it with, with other people. But I'm also borrowing the word Pame. Use the letters P-A-M-E to refer to Purpose, action, momentum, and energy. So, what that means is whatever we do in our lives, we usually, uh, we, we have to remember what our purpose is. No, stay grounded in our purpose. But at the same time, we have to couple it with action because with action, without action, it actually means nothing. So, you have your purpose, couple it with action, take consistent action and maintain your momentum without having to burn yourself out. So you have to maintain your energy as well. You know, spread the positive energy and and keep the momentum and the energy up as you go along. So that's what that's what PAMI is all about. And that's what I, when I write my books, I structure my books, you know, following this um, PAMI code of purpose, action, momentum, and energy. I love that. Those are
0: great words. So what made you decide a, to write a book? And what is your book about?
1: Right. I actually have a, a series of books. It's the Psychology in Your Life series. Um, The first one is called Change Your Life for Good. And again, you know, it's using um, the PAMI code and um, psychology to help people get release themselves from getting stuck or release negativity and, you know, change whatever it is that they want, you know, in in their lives. The second book is called Imposter Syndrome Remedy. And that, again, using psychology, helping people to overcome their, their self doubt and helping them to stop feeling like a fraud. And the third book is called Fear is Not Your Enemy. And again, Again, this is about using psychology and helping people to overcome their fears so they can pursue what they want to pursue in their life. And for me, as I've mentioned earlier, I, I wrote my books um, because I have a, a background in psychology, but I feel as if it's not it's not enough to just do my lecturing and share it with my students. I felt as if I have to reach out to mass audiences and make psychology accessible and use it for this purpose. Awesome. So you talk
0: a lot about imposter syndrome. Can you tell us what that is?
1: Right. Well, imposter syndrome is this feeling, of, you know, persistent feeling of self-doubt, incompetence, and inadequacy despite evidence that shows otherwise. So it's possible that you may be doing something really well. You know, you're, you're an expert in what you do. You've been doing this for a long time. And yet you can't shake off the feeling that you're not really good at what you do and that you're just fooling everyone into believing that, that you are good at it. And you are, it makes you feel worried that sooner or later you might slip and people will finally found out, uh, find out how incompetent you are. So it can be quite, it's not a good feeling. And it, a lot of people do experience this, you know, about 70% of us will experience imposter syndrome. But there are ways that we can remedy these persistent feelings of, of self-doubt and feelings of incompetence and feelings that, that we're just fooling everyone.
0: So how does imposter syndrome affect us and those around us?
1: Right. So imposter syndrome, when it's really bad, it can be quite crippling. So if you are doubting yourself all the time. And uh, there are opportunities, you are presented with opportunities and you doubt that you know I'm not really good at this. I, I don't know if I should take this. You can get paralyzed and you are not embracing opportunities that come your way. Some people who have imposter syndrome tend to avoid these opportunities because they are scared of failing. You know, they are scared of failure and they are scared that if they fail, then people will find out that you know they are awful at what they do so the way it affects people is first, they become averse to risk. They become averse to these fantastic opportunities that come their way. But for those who cannot avoid the responsibilities because it's their job (laughs) to do what they have to do, some of them tend to overwork because they are scared that if they don't overwork, if they don't push themselves too hard, then they will fail and people will find out that they're not good. And this can lead to burnout. This can lead to some cracks in some people's relationships because people with imposter syndrome, will prioritize work and overwork just to make sure that people don't find out that you know, they they feel that they're just faking it. So these are some negative consequences of imposter syndrome. And if it's not dealt with care, yeah, it could lead to anxiety, it could lead to depression, it could lead to burnout. So people need to be careful and need to learn how to manage imposter syndrome when it hits them. Awesome. So what can we do to remedy it? How can we take care of it? Right. So I actually share a couple of techniques in my book. One of the techniques that I share is called the TLC technique, and it's it doesn't mean tender loving care. It's actually a, a questioning sequence that enables you to explore the, the limiting beliefs that you hold into your mind. So for example, if you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough, use the TLC technique. And the TLC technique asks, is it true? Is it logical? Is it constructive? Mm -hmm. So if you are telling yourself, you know, this is too hard. I'm not good at this. Ask, is it true? Is it true that you're not good at this? Do you have evidence to show that you're not good at this? What are the outcomes that you've been producing, you know, throughout your career? So, ask the first question, is it true? The second question is, is it logical? So if you're telling yourself, this is too hard, you know, it's never going to be easy, ask, is it logical? If you keep practicing and if you keep gaining experience as you move along, do you think you're really never going to be good enough? Aren't you gaining experience and lessons uh, through experience? So ask, is it true? Is it logical? And the final question is, is it constructive? How would thinking that you're not good enough Enough help you in any way, and if you're thinking that okay, I'm not good enough at this, you know, I'm I'm not doing really well. How are you gonna make it constructive? What can you do to make it better? So that's basically the TLC technique. It's it's one remedy that I teach in my book. So it's asking when you have these limiting beliefs in your head that's stopping you, or you know, just pushing all your self-doubt out. Just ask. Is it true? Is it logical? Is it constructive? And when you answer these questions, always base it on facts. You know, you need to have evidence to support your answers. Otherwise, you'll, you'll just get stuck in your head if, if you don't treat it that way.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned the words limiting beliefs, which is such a huge, such a huge concept for me. I'm always trying to find my limiting beliefs. And so but I know that's tricky. It's hard. A lot of times those limiting beliefs are hidden and very difficult for us to identify. So I'm wondering, do you have advice for us? How can we find those limiting beliefs that are keeping us from achieving our dreams or our passions or getting to where we want to go?
1: Yeah, I understand because, you know, sometimes these limiting beliefs are so ingrained in us that we don't even notice that that we hold them. We, we just accept them as truth. So for people with imposter syndrome, they would say, you know, I'm a fraud. They just accept it as, as truth. You know, th- they don't even question that. So the way that one thing that I will, that I tell my readers actually and, and my students, you need to have another person to point it out to you. So that's why coaching works or that's why, you know, uh, counseling works or just having a buddy <laughs> with you to talk things through. And that's why I also embrace PAME, you know, which means let's go together. Because when you have that other pair of ears, you know, that other pair, of eyes to point out that, hey, that's all stuck in your head. That's not actually true. You need to have someone to pull it out of your head because sometimes we just, we, we just don't even notice it. So my advice is have someone, whether it's a mentor, a coach, your therapist, or just a friend, always find someone you trust who can help you compassionately <laughs> You know, take out these um limiting beliefs out of your system and make you aware that these limiting beliefs actually need the of TLC.
0: Yes, I love that. I love how you brought that around. So your third book, Fear is Not My Enemy. What does that actually mean, Fear is Not My
1: Enemy? Right. So um, some people actually think that fear is a bad thing, that it, it brings them down. But in my book, I actually say that fear is not my enemy because it's it's part of our evolution. It's, it's part of our... We need to have fear. Otherwise, we will just be going straight into danger without feeling anything. So we feel fear. Because there is a potential risk. You, you know, We feel fear because it warns you that you have to take some caution. You have to be mindful that there is a risk there. And it warns you. It, it, it makes you stop and, and think, okay... What precautions do I need to take and what's the best way to to do this? The problem is people who experience fear and don't know how to manage it, sometimes they get stuck at that point. They feel the fear and they stop. They don't do anything about it. You know, they say, I'm scared so... I probably shouldn't do it. And that's not necessarily the case. All, all what, uh, what fear is doing to you is basically just telling you that there is a risk and you have to assess it. Now, when you feel fear, you have to assess a couple of things. You need to assess what the risk is. You need to assess your abilities to handle the risk and you need to assess the consequences of your action. Or inaction, right? So fear is not your enemy because it's telling you that there is a risk, but you need to consider what is that risk? Do you have the ability to handle that risk? And what would be the consequences of you taking action? Or inaction towards that risk. So that's what basically it's about.
0: Great. So what is your advice for my listeners who are ready to change their life for good? Where can they start?
1: Right. Again, you know, in case you you haven't noticed, I do love acronyms um, in yes. my book. And in, in my book, Change Your Life for Good, I use the acronym COACH because i do say you need to have a coach a friend or a coach is actually like a vehicle taking you from one you know one place to another but i take coach as an ac- acronym co means commitment a means accountability and ch means cherishing the moment so before you change anything for example you want to quit smoking or If you want to get yourself out of depression or whatever it is that you want to change, the first step is making a commitment. You have to state what change is it that you want to achieve. It has to be clear to you what you are trying to change. If it is not clear to you, then how are you going to pursue change, right? So the first step is making the commitment. The second step is the A, the accountability. And I keep saying, you know, pame, let's go together, keep yourself accountable and find some. Someone who will hold you to, to your word and making sure that whatever you commit yourself to changing you will actually stick to it. So if you say I'm going to change my diet and you know or maybe you want to drink eight glasses of water a day or, or whatever it is that you want to to change. Have someone to keep you accountable. Tell someone this is what you plan to do and ask them to check on you <laughs> if you're actually doing it. So you're not on your own in this journey and you'll have a better chance of sticking to it because someone's keeping an eye on you right? So that's the second step. The third step is cherishing the moment. And this is just about recognizing your progress, you know, recognizing all these little steps that you've taken, all these little achievements that that you've taken towards your success. Because, you know, going from A to B, that could be a huge step. So all these tiny steps, you know, just celebrate your successes. Celebrate it with your buddy, with the person who's keeping you accountable. And and that will help you to keep the momentum so you can reach your goal from from A to B.
0: That's awesome advice. So you've written three books, you've gotten your PhD of all the things you've accomplished in your life. What are you the most proud of and why?
1: Well, yeah, okay, I've I've done all these academic stuff. But when imposter syndrome kicks in, I actually say, ah, you know, that's nothing. <laughs> you know, that that's what, you know, sometimes imposter syndrome, even if you have all these accomplishments, sometimes, you know, eh, that's nothing anyone can do it. But the truth is, my, my proudest accomplishment is actually giving birth to my son. Basically, when I gave birth, I I I didn't really I didn't really realize how much strength I have to go through that process to carry a, a child for nine months and and to go through labor. Okay, labor was okay. It was quite fun actually. I actually enjoyed labor. But the accomplishment there is to bring new life into this world and to see him grow every day. It's just amazing. I I never really realized that I'm capable of loving this way. I never realized that unconditional love exists, and, and you know that's that's my proudest achievement. All these you say books, and, and it doesn't really count too much. Um, but really, my my legacy would be my son, and it's my my proudest achievement um, so far. That's
0: awesome. So, have you ever failed at anything, and how has that failure? help you find your current success
1: I wouldn't call it a failure I I actually tell my clients and you know my readers that it's not necessarily a failure it's just a life experience but what I would say is when I gave birth I went on maternity leave for four months and when I got back to work I actually had a really difficult time going back to work and I actually did spiral into depression and anxiety I was getting panic attacks and you know I was in a really bad place yeah some people people might say that that's a failure not being able to return successfully and you know gracefully back to work but i did manage to pick up the pieces and end up, yeah, end up writing these books that, you know, going through anxiety and depression actually made me realize that there are so many people out there who who go through this process. And what I know from psychology, I know them from textbooks, you know, I teach them in the university, but we can actually take psychology, give, you know, uh, share it to, to lay audiences and have this application so to help people to help others who are going through this difficult time. So I went through that dark period in my life, picked up those pieces, and actually that led me to where I am now, you know, coaching and and writing books to help people who go through this difficult transition period from from maternity leave, going back to work, going through depression and anxiety because of the difficulties of going back to work and, and really applying psychology to help people who, who are still in that position and who are stuck in that position.
0: So, who or what inspires you?
1: Right, quite a lot. But lately, and and I already mentioned that you know, my son is my 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 proudest achievement. And the truth is, you know, when I was going through those difficult times, he was the one who who inspired me to carry on. You know, whenever I see him, I see that there is a future. That there is someone who's looking to me, looking looking at me as his role model, and that inspires me to be better and and to actually show what I can do in my life and hopefully he, I I get inspiration from him and I hope that he'll get inspiration from me as well when when he grows up. That's
0: awesome. So that leads right into my next question. If there's one thing you can ensure that your son knows that you stand for, what would
1: that one thing be? I do stand for a lot of things with me being a community psychologist as well but if there is one because you're asking just for one thing I would say that would be compassion when you have compassion and you know not, not just compassion for others but also compassion for yourself our world these days we're, we're expecting too much from others and we're expecting too much from ourselves if we show a bit of compassion and love towards ourselves and towards one another the world will be so much easier to, to live with So, yeah, that's one thing. When, When things are difficult or when you say, oh, you know, that person is really giving me a hard time, try to put yourself in that other person's position and show a little bit of compassion because you don't know what that other person might be going through. So just show a bit of compassion, a bit of humanity, and, you know, we can we can live in a, in a better world by just practicing that.
0: I love that. So what are you most excited about happening in the future? Are you working on any projects that you're really excited about or what can we look forward to?
1: Right. Well, I'll continue writing more books because now that I have this momentum and I'm actually getting a lot of feedback from my readers, you know, they say, I ah, you know your your book is not very preachy. It's really applicable because I use all these acronyms. So you can expect more um, books from me, but I'm also looking at helping to, you know, Helping other aspiring authors to to write and publish their books. So watch out for a course coming soon. You know, there are a lot of aspiring authors who experience imposter syndrome. You know they feel as if they're not good enough to write a book, or you know they feel that there's nothing that they can share. You know we can all share something from our lives, from from what we do. There's a book inside of you, and and I'll be helping those aspiring authors take them step by step, get over the imposter syndrome, help them to find the time, the energy and help them go through all the steps from blank page to a book to actually get them to number one bestseller as well, because I've been through the process myself. So, you know, they can have that achievement of writing a book and sharing what they know to to the wider audience as well. I love that. Well, I will be looking
0: for that course because that's, you know, in my list of, you know, my bucket list is to write a book. So for sure, I will be looking for that course. So how can my listeners connect with you more or get copies of your books? Where can we find you?
1: Well, you can search me online, basically thepamicode.com So you'll have all information about, you know, what the code is and all, all the books in there. But all of my books are also available on Amazon. It's available on Kindle, Print and audiobook so if you just like listening like you're listening to a podcast you know you want to listen to an audiobook all my books are available as an audiobook version as well on, on Audible I think iTunes as well but Amazon basically they're all on Amazon
0: so would you suggest we go to your website to find you or are you on social media as well
1: I'm also on Facebook so people can find me on Facebook and yes if you go to thepamicode.com, you can sign up through the mailing list or you can join the Pamicode Facebook group or you can interact with other readers of my my book. And if you have any questions, we actually discuss key topics in my book. Sometimes I post um, some challenges there like this. At the start of this year, we had the Code Healthy Habits Challenge. So, you know, I keep saying commitment, accountability, cherishing the moment. We're practicing that. We have readers who lost a lot of weight because <laughs> they were improving their diet or, you know, they are exercising. My healthy habit was to drink eight glasses of water. So, in the Code Facebook group, we have these challenges every season. We have the gratitude challenge to uplift and inspire, season of courage, seasons of season of grit and resilience. So if people want to interact with other readers or ask me questions about the book, they can join the Pame Code Facebook group or email me at infothepamicode.com.
0: At awesome. Well, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much. I love I love what you're tackling. I love talking and thinking about imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs. Those are all just these sneaky thieves of joy and accomplishment that are in all of us so i love what you're doing i'm so glad you reached out to me and thank you so much for your time and we will link to you in the show notes and continue to watch for all of the
1: exciting things you have coming up awesome thank you monica and i hope your listeners find value in in this conversation awesome thank you so much
0: Isn't Emmy so fun? I love her accent, and I love all the things she talks about. The Pame Code, I think, is so cool, and I'm extremely interested in all of the things that she talks about, so I've ordered her books, and I cannot wait for them to get here so I can read them. We will go over limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome in the You Rock workshop, which is just under two weeks away, so if you haven't gotten your ticket for that, hurry up, get on Eventbrite or on my Instagram profile and get your tickets for the U Rock Workshop. I promise you won't regret it. It's going to be a really fun, Fun workshop. Also, thank you so much to those of you who came to the Holiday House Boutique last weekend. It was a huge success, although it did not come without its excitement. We actually got in trouble with the city of Meridian, actually, because there was so much traffic that the residents of the neighborhood complained, and it took most of the day on Thursday to communicate back and forth with the city of Meridian about code enforcement and parking and all of that. And we finally got things smoothed over with the city of Meridian. And then it was the neighborhood association that told us that we would have to move our whole operation 200 yards to the clubhouse in the back. And that was very exciting because after our first day of three, we had to contact all 61 vendors and have them come and move their things to the clubhouse in the middle of the night which was exhausting to say the least. I didn't get home till after two o'clock, but we made it work. And that level of resilience is something that we will also talk about in the u. Rock workshop. How to roll with the punches and be resilient when things aren't going exactly the way you had planned. And I was so touched to see these vendors who expected to set up their things once on Wednesday night and then leave them until Saturday night. They all had to come on Thursday night and reset up their displays. And some of them who couldn't make it had friends and other vendors that helped them to accomplish this. And it really was was touching to see everybody working together to move these heavy displays and all of these signs and things up this huge, massive staircase to the top of where we set up and then had the boutique for the rest of Friday and Saturday. So thank you to all of those who came out to support. And I did learn some really incredible lessons. I think I made some friends down at Meridian City Hall. And by the end of it, I had Mayor Tammy, who has been on the podcast, as well as the Meridian Police Chief in my personal contacts. So that's great. My husband's joking that I should run for office since I have all of these friends now at City Hall, but that might be in my future. So stay tuned. But until then, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and learning these valuable life lessons and then passing them on to you in my workshops. So that's all we have for this week. Our guest next week is going to be incredible, and I will wait. More than likely, it's going to be Natalie Hodgson, who is a fantastic businesswoman and a really fun person to learn from. So until next week, have courage, be Be kind and stay on the brighter side.